podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Capella University, you're in control of your education. With the game-changing FlexPath format, you can set your own deadlines and move at your own pace. The faster you move, the more you save. Visit capella.edu to learn more. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Stevie's looking at the blue lights on the runway, aren't we all? It's the day trippers. So Stevie's gone, Raheem's probably gone, lots want Brendan gone, but he's got his own playing banner now. I'm not a religious man, but if you're up there, Superman, please put us out of our misery this season. But as ever, here in the bunker, we will attempt to bring you a few smiles in the gloom and a little nonsense in all the very earnest debate that's going on about LFC at the moment. I'm Trev Denny. I'm delighted to be joined by my own favourite podcast host, uh, the host of the Empire podcast, Mr. Chris Hewitt, on tonight's show. He's a cellulite guru, but he's also a massive red, so he'll be on the line. In the bunker, I'm joined by Andy Young, Paul Brennan and Phil Casey. Okay, um, we want to have a bit of a discussion around the whole idea of financial fair play and we are returning to uh, a very early day tripper guest, um, Ed Thompson of financialfairplay.co.uk to get Ed's take on everything surrounding this and the Ferrari about it at the moment. Ed, would you mind just laying out for our listeners what the latest developments or proposed developments um, are? Yeah, okay. I'll do it as best as I can. A lot of it's still a bit sketchy. Uh, a lot of uh, news came through yesterday, really. Uh, Platine, well, over the weekend, Platine gave some to two French magazines and explained um, what the proposals were for the change in, in financial fair play. But as I say, it's, it's a bit sketchy. What he said is that um, some clubs are unhappy that um, if they've been taken over... But there's an issue in Eastern Europe and there's an issue in Italy where if clubs get taken over by a new owner, that they're, they're somehow finding it rather difficult to kind of uh, spend money initially and therefore, you know, um, run up a few losses in the early days of the ownership of the club. So it's making some clubs report back to Platt and they say it's difficult for us to actually sell the clubs because people don't want to buy in because they know that they're capped on how much they can they can lose and got to try and break even. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of one issue. So he says he's going to address that. And the other thing is, is uh, that looks likely to happen, and this is kind of the big thing really, is that um, there's a restriction at the moment into how much money an owner can 
or how an owner can inject funds into a club. So uh, financial fair play works on a kind of break-even principle. Clubs broadly have to try and break even. And so what the rules say is up till now is an, is an owner can't put his hand in the pocket and make good any, any loss that the club's made. Um, you know, we, we're all familiar with the concept of Manchester City and, and Paris Saint-Germain who've been running up huge losses. And uh, despite the fact that they put their hands in the pocket and make good the, the losses, they fail financial fair play. And, and so there's been a number of kind of challenges to that. And so um, it sounds like that rule's going to go and there's all kinds of implications if that, if that actually changes. Just that for for our listeners' point of view, I remember you explained to us before um, the, the the basic kind of um, crux of it is that you're allowed up to five million euros, isn't it, um, more than earned, and that you can spend in every three year assessment period, and then basically you have this acceptable allowances, um, sorry, acceptable losses allowance as well of about twenty five, twenty five and a half million euros. So, what, am I right in saying it's about thirty million? Um, over and above an 83-year period. Is that correct? Yeah, no, it's, it's a really complicated thing. Is that when you start throwing the numbers around, it gets confusing. But mm. basically, what they say is you've got to try and break even, but actually, no, it's not quite break even. They allow you to lose £30 million maximum over, over three years. Um, sorry, €30 million Euros at maximum over three years. So that's, you know, about £25 million or £8 million-ish a year. Over mm. the, yeah. And um, uh, so you can, you can lose that, but... Um, you, you can only kind of go up to that, that that level if the owner's prepared to put some cash into the club um, and, and make good any losses that the club have made over that period in excess of five million. So I appreciate you, your listeners are glazing over there with all the kind of this number information. Basically, you've got to try and break even, but you can go up to up to twenty four million pounds over three years. That's the maximum, and. Um, but the problem is that that hasn't been proven to be enough. You know, so it's eight million pounds a year, and so what's happening is some Italian clubs are saying, "Well, actually, you know, I think AC Milan was saying, you know, we'd 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 like to be able to put more in. You know, that there's kind of all there's a concept out there, isn't there, of kind of foreign people coming into football outside of outside of Europe, and um, I think a lot of club owners feel that actually this rule that stops the owners chucking money in to to, to fund a loss it is making it hard to, to to fund clubs and and for them to grow. So I think I think that will is likely to change. Uh, the, the the issue that sort of screams out at me is that. The idea originally, I think Platini's phrase was financial doping, wasn't it? That he was trying to avoid, or that these these rules were supposed to kind of um, skirt around or or, 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 or um, make allowances for it. But I mean, who is to say? It has to be basically. A, 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 there, there may be exceptions, but it has to be a plan that UEFA reckon is plausible. Um, I was reading the Gabriel Marcali article today, and he reckons that that's basically the, the gist. It, it has to be a plan that UEFA thinks is possible. But an alarm bell goes off there in my head, and it's like. You know whose call is that really, and 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 you know what's informing that decision? Yeah, I mean it gets always get, always gets difficult when you put parameters parameters on it, doesn't it? When you say you can't lose more than X amount of money, and all, all the circumstances are different. You know, you perhaps might, you know, if you're looking at a flexible system, you might want uh, a system where clubs could run up a bit bit more of a of a loss when they've got a new owner, you know, potentially. So who knows? Perhaps that might be some kind of nuance around the rules. But I mean, I guess the, the thing about financial fair play, and the thing to remember, though, is that when it came in in UEFA, first of all, it, it was all about sustainability, and it still is supposed to be all about sustainability. It isn't really all designed to kind of create a level playing field for, for clubs. It isn't supposed to, you know, help clubs 
compete with richer clubs. It's all supposed to be about clubs being able to just, you know, essentially just break even and balance their books. And they didn't want to see clubs uh, succeed in Europe when they couldn't pay the players' wages, uh, when they were racking up huge debts and the clubs were unsustainable, could potentially go into 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 administration. Mm. So the UEFA is still very, very conscious of those kind of sustainability issues. And, and, and I think changes that they're looking to make don't impact on those necessarily. Um, you know, if they could be more flexible to new ownership, cash coming in, if potentially they could be could, could allow the thresholds to be bigger, um, then potentially, you know, it still shouldn't undermine, uh, undermine the concept of, you know, a, a club collapsing altogether. But, but what's really interesting is this this rule that stops the owner injecting cash into a club to kind of make good any losses. Um, you know, we've seen it at Paris Saint-Germain, we've seen it at Man City, and and this has been contested. And it's got, there's a court case going on at the moment, and um, the, the rationale for contesting it is to say, well, well, why should it matter? If financial fair play is all about sustainability, why should it matter that the owners of the club are putting any losses? The club's debts aren't growing; they're just putting their hands in, in their pocket, and and you know, Paris Saint-Germain and Manchester City aren't in any danger of collapsing and falling over. You know, they're not going to go out of business, are they? So, so that's the kind of argument to say, well, actually, it should be allowed. They should be allowed to stick the cash in. And it seems like there's also kind of like a few, some, some legal aspects to this as well. You know, the European Commission was very keen to support financial play when it's all about sustainability. But now Paris Saint-Germain and City are effectively through this court case, through DuPont, uh, arguing, uh, arguing that, uh, you know, the, the by them not being able to inject cash, it isn't nothing to do with sustainability. So I think the European Commission are coming under throw pressure there. So I think that that could well change. But uh, sorry, if I'm droning on about this, but the concept it, it's all very well for, for for you know wealthy benefactor clubs to say, well, it doesn't matter. It shouldn't affect us if we put our hands in the pocket. But actually, it does. And this is why UEFA outlined the outlawed the concept in the first place because what they said was, and what they recognised was that if if an, a, if clubs run up big losses and the owner just chucks, chucks their hands in the pocket, then what happens is then it drives up the price of players in the transfer market and also drives up the price uh, of player wages. And then once that starts to happen, it starts to happen for all. It causes this spiral of escalation, which then makes everybody, you know, you get a scenario where, you know, lots of clubs in, in, in the league and, and entering European competition start reporting uh, losses again. Um, I think we've started to see a, a situation improving in in England, anyway, you know, as there's an increased TV deal, and started to make it uh, so that clubs are now most clubs are now starting to, to report a profit, and that is a change. And um, and you know, a lot of that is due to the well, financial fair play and the, the concept that started off in UEFA and then it's been grafted onto the Premier League with the Premier League zone rules. But the only thing is, though, Ed, at the top end, basically, status quo remains, doesn't it? Because when you have this thing about the the, the kind of um, limitless outlay that you're allowed for academy and for um, uh, infrastructure, stadium infrastructure, it basically does leave a situation where the really wealthy clubs can start pushing money into the club like that anyway. And I suppose I'm thinking it from a selfish point of view, like we, it is obviously a, a Liverpool-based show and we're thinking about it like from our chances of breaking into, you know, the upper echelons or ha- having that kind of equality or a level playing field that, you know, that, we're, that in theory it's supposed to bring. I know, for example, John Henry's, been quite uh, downbeat about any potential changes uh, or even the, the current situation about that, like unlimited outlay, because it means very rich people, uh, rich, very rich clubs can separate themselves out another little bit, doesn't 
think it does, and I think it does go back to this concept, doesn't it? This concept of what financial fair play is about in the first place, you know. And 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 UEFA would still say it, it's about sustainability. It's it, they never intended it to make it a, a level playing field. And I think what what's happened is a lot of people would see it as something that should make it a more level playing field. And and the owners of of Liverpool, you know, they, when they bought the club, they came out and said that one of the reasons that they bought it was because of financial fair play. I think they saw a scenario where they the, the clubs would be more would would be breaking even more. They wouldn't have to chuck loads of uh, put their their hands in the pocket to fund it, and where you know the club would have a chance of, of you know having some success. But um, I think what we've seen is is you know certainly the growth of Man City has, has really started to to. Change things there really, you know. They're they're able, even with the current financial fair play rules, you know, they can break even by writing all kinds of commercial deals with um, Abu Dhabi companies that are kind of broadly influenced by the owner of the club. Um, you know, actually, with the current rules, you know, Paris Saint Germain and Man City may have been punished in the past, but actually, they found a way around it. They just write commercial deals now. Um, you know. You could look at them and think they're all a bit suspicious and a bit inflated, but but the rules struggle to kind of adjust them downwards and to apply a fair value because there's so many of them. Each one in isolation might look broadly okay at the top end of what might might be reasonable, but when you put them in, you know, together, there's nothing you can do. So hence, the City and PSG will pass financial fair play and, and kind of get around the rules. It, it kind of makes it much more difficult though for the other clubs. That, well, any, any club that isn't kind of effectively controlled by a state and doesn't have the ability to kind of make up or inflate commercial deals really, really starts to struggle by comparison. Um, and I think it's, you know, potentially, we'll have to see what the rules do, but if they really allow the owners to inject the cash just to fund it to the loss, you know, Man City and Paris Saint-Germain, the future is theirs, really, I think. Ed, hey, it's Phil. Listen, just just one question I have and it sort of leads on from there. Does this actually bring a bit more fairness into fair play in terms of that if somebody rich comes into any club in Europe, potentially they can now um, grow that club quicker than they would have been able to under the financial fair play rules that exist at the moment? I, I, th- I think we, we, haven't, we haven't announced exactly what's going to happen yet, but it sounds like that that is is the intention of it. Mm. Um, so yeah, so you could say, well, that's great, you know, you, you could have clubs like. Everton and, you know, in theory, Southampton, you know, dining at the top table. Mm. Um, but I don't know. I don't know whether, whether that's actually a hugely likely scenario and, wh- and whether really the problem that affects football today is, is a dearth of wealthy benefactor owners who aren't able to fund huge losses in the club. You know, there's a, there's a few, but it's not a, a situation that's, that's hugely prevalent other than a few, you know, yeah. standout instances. I, like, my hugely conspiratorial mind just thinks like Platini and his links to Italy and Italy's troubles with uh, recent times in terms of money and the whole lot if they had rich owners then, and there is a few rich owners after coming into Italian football can now prop up to the, the old teams that, that have been struggling in Europe and obviously he has his connections to PSG not that I'm insinuating anything there it, was just, uh, yeah. it just seems very very uh, coincidental that all of a sudden that this sort of opens the door to PSG to really push on and become a superpower in Europe Yes, I mean, I, th- I think as well you've got to, uh, bearing in mind, you know, that the way it works is that he, you know, he represents, he represents clubs across Europe, and, and you know, the Eastern European clubs are starting to grumble. You've got Italy, Italian clubs starting to grumble about it. You've got strong representations in France, so you know, I think um, uh, that, that represents that's quite a, f- a few football football authorities there yeah. who are kind of all all chipping away, and it doesn't take many of those to start uh, exerting some real pressure. I mean, of course, whatever happens, whatever gets agreed, and it. 
you know, you do wonder it could be a bit of a dog's dinner. But whatever gets gets agreed is is, is going to have to be voted in by the by the European clubs. That's the way it works. The European club session is going to have to vote in the rules. And there is another kind of interesting angle to this, which hasn't kind of been picked up yet, which is the impact on the Premier League, because um, you know, a few years after financial fair play came in Europe, the Premier League introduced its own financial fair play rules or, or spending constraint rules. And actually, it's, it's quite interesting to wonder what's going to happen there because there's two aspects of these Premier League rules. And they're not kind of widely known because we don't generally talk about them, but there's two aspects. And one, one that says that a club can't make huge losses. It's a bit like the way it works in, Europe, in UEFA competitions, except rather than saying you can't make more, more losses than 24 million over three years you can't lose in the Premier League you can't lose more than 105 million over three years which is which is huge huge figures and actually the TV deals are so big that no clubs you know are coming anywhere near making that kind of loss so there's that that's one angle but the other one which is really interesting and which has gone under reported is is that there's a spending there's a kind of a salary cap so a wage increase cap that exists in the Premier League so the current rules say that no club can increase their their spending on wages by more than four million pounds a year each season, except they can go over this four million pounds if they write corresponding commercial income. So just listen to you there. It's it's fascinating stuff, and we really appreciate the insight again, um, uh, giving us a little bit of a slant on things. So thanks very much for your time. Okay, look, we're going to get a bit of a reaction to Liverpool one Crystal Palace three, and have a look forward to Stoke versus Liverpool, um, but. We are not going to do detailed review previews this week because that would just be wrong on so many levels. So we're going to start off with a topic that's very, very current, and that's uh, Mr. Raheem Sterling and the many stories that are circulating about him. So the way I thought we'd do this is I've got some questions in from listeners, and I'm just going to go around the table and get your responses to them. Now, there will be crossover in them, so feel free to just give a short answer if you feel it's already been said. Um, so, like I said earlier on, we're delighted to be joined by, by Chris Hewitt. So, Chris, I'm going to start with you, if that's okay with you. Um, and there's a question in from Jed the Red, and Jed's wondering, would you be more concerned if Sterling or if Ibe were leaving? More concerned if Sterling or Ibe were leaving? Yeah. I'd be concerned they were both leaving. <laughs> yeah, well, fair enough, yeah. Uh, at the moment, as things stand, yeah, I'd be more concerned if Sterling was leaving. Okay. He's, he's just offered more to us uh, as a player over the last couple of years. I know people are comparing him and I, but there's this incredible school of thought that people are going, oh, you know, it's fine if Sterling goes because we got I, but he's going to be better. But so far, I don't see the evidence for that. Yeah, you're not buying that. Not especially, no. And what about, what about this idea of with Sterling that there is so much basically potential? And oh, c- clearly we've seen some excellence, but... There's still, it is still quite a raw talent in many ways. I mean, is there any consolation to be to be gleaned from that? Do you think that that perhaps you know maybe he will go on to be great, maybe he won't? What do you think? It's a gamble. It's a gamble. Yeah. I mean, if you if you, uh, if you sell him now, you know, and he goes on to say Chelsea or City, and he becomes what I think he could become, which is a world class player, mm. we'll be kicking ourselves uh, in four or five six years time uh, I think he's astonishing you look at his stats he's 20 years old and he's he's gone off the boil the last few months and I absolutely I can, I can absolutely understand why because you know his, his head's not quite with it but if you look at his stats for a 20 year old in this league to be entrusted with with the responsibility he has within our team it's, it's extraordinary and yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, he's a hair's breadth away from being our best player our talisman almost yeah. and that's I think we should just try and keep him, try and do whatever we can. 
Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Andy, there is a, a good lot of revisionism going on about Sterling because it seems as if he got, might be going, so people are trying to console themselves a little bit. Mm. Luke here is saying that, look, you know, personally, I don't think he, d- he deserves anything over what uh, Phil Coutinho earns. Uh, holding a clump to ransom is a no-no, and he's a good future, but he will will he be a starter uh, at, at, at other big clubs? Uh, time will tell. How would you react to that? But what about the, the risk inherent for Sterling himself in going somewhere like Chelsea or Arsenal? Well, I could be a bit of bias here, but I think he's at the best club he could possibly be at the moment. Mm. You know, are we the fifth or fourth best team in England at the moment? I don't think he gets into the Chelsea team. I don't think he really gets into the air. Well, he gets in, but he doesn't get in every week like with us. He's our top player. Yeah. So he's not going to avail of the same opportunities and he's not going to avail of the same looking after he's got. I mean, he's still treated as one of our kids, you know, and he's got his little break off the Jamaica. I mean, the club are done, have done everything for him, mm. you know, and I don't know whether he'll get that at, at another club. It's, it'd be a sinker kind of swim thing with him. Mm. So for for now, I think he should be signing another contract and I think for all parties, him leaving and what's happened is a bad thing. I yeah. think he's been terribly badly advised um, and it's put Liverpool in a position now where they've to kind of decide whether they're going to max him out now and get as much as they can this summer or they're going to hang on and do the kind of Suarez job. I think doing that with like we did with Suarez is going to be impossible Yeah, because this is an English player. The media will swarm around them. You know, if he's if Liverpool starts shite and he's shown any sort of promise, like you know, yeah. they they love that, you know, and they'll, they'll be attacking him. Not like Suarez it was a different way. So we, I think we should be keep. I think it's a it'd be a good thing for him to stay. It'd be a good thing for us to keep and and to kind of find um a sort of a um a compromise now. But I think it might even be beyond that at this stage. It could be going. It should have been paid one hundred and fifty grand a week. It's the going rate. It's the going rate for you know one of your top players. Mm. It should have been just done like that. Uh, I don't. I think it's about money. I think it's. I think he feels like the club have kind of took him for granted, or they're not. They don't respect him. But the lack of respect he's shown for the club is just disgraceful. Mm. You know, for a twenty-year-old, disgraceful. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you go back to things like the the. The pipe you was smoking and the, the the laughing gas and all that—it's just a lot of bollocks. Like you know what I mean? You can't be doing that. You just cannot be doing that at twenty years old at a club. And now, um, now it was only pointed out to me. I did notice it, but this is a small thing. But just like I look at small things and think they they kind of tell a story. Hmm. The players are walking around after the game on, on Sunday, and um, you know, all the, all the players are the kids and kind of check like. His kids are running off like they were all mad. over the shop. Yeah, yeah, they were, they were, they were. You know, yeah, he, he, he had to go. He had to go and get the girls a couple of times. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that to me, it's just like it might be a small thing, and the people listening now they might be thinking, "Oh, go fuck yourself, Andy." Like, but, <laughs> <laughs> maybe they are, yeah, Andy. Maybe but they, they are. They cannot do it. But it's just, it's all about respect. Yeah. You're wearing a jersey, like if you were in the military, you're wearing a uniform, or you're wearing, you're, you know, you just don't. You behave to the best of your ability, and getting your agent or agreeing that your agent rings up Sky Sports News late at night and just fucking spouts all this shit. Mm. It's just beyond belief. It's, just, it's not okay. Like he needs to be just fucking. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you know, like tonight, yeah. tonight, as, as as we're recording this, they're doing the the players of the player of the year awards. Oh, the, that'll the go well. That's gonna go well. And Sterling won Young Player of the Year, and he was heckled, and he was also booed. By the fans at the Echo Arena, right? Yeah. And um, he was also, people were also shouting him, are you staying, are you staying? And then supposedly there was ex-players also saying, saying he should stay. Like, you know, 
we're turning this into a circus at the same time. Like the fans are as much responsible in terms of saying, if, <laughs> no, if it's not, no, 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 but Andy, listen, listen they to me. They are now because it's gone mad. I, this is what I'm saying. You're better off just not, like, you're better off saying nothing. How, if, do, you if, not, if, how if, do you say nothing to that? But like, it's a fucking awards deal. What's the point? What is the point in heckling a fella for picking up, a, picking up an award for being the young player of the year? Mm-hmm. No, like he if if there was no phone call made to Sky Sports a national broadcaster last night, this none of this happens. Well, actually, do you know what, Andy? Uh, uh, my take on it was uh, sitting sitting there surrounded by people in the in the in the ground on Saturday. Every time he failed to reach a ball that was maybe within his reach or had a bad touch or whatever, all you could hear around you was hundred thousand fuck off. Yeah. You know, seriously, the people are obsessed with the money. People are obsessed. I know you're saying it's about money, but yeah. the other people are obsessed with money. It's driving the whole conversation. Genuinely is. I know, but look, it's, it, it, this is this is going to happen regardless. Even at United, Rooney did something almost identical to what's going on here. Yeah. Wanting to leave, transfer requests, the whole lot, right? And he stayed. The fans went apeshit over Rooney. You know, I remember when Gerard was talking about going to Chelsea. The fans were going apeshit over che- over Gerard mm. leaving, right? And you know that's oh, yeah, just, that's just the reaction burning, that goes yeah. on. What's not helping here is he hasn't helped himself, and I think as well. And it's one of the big things around this is that thing around the gas, harmless, not harmless, whatever, right? But that is not going to make him look attractive to pr- prospective buyers. So if I'm going into if I'm going into negotiate where he may have had the likes of Bayern Munich. And maybe Barcelona or Real Madrid look at him right. They're going to look at look at him now and say, you know what? I'm not sure about I'm not sure about this kid. Mm. I'm not sure if he has the right attitude. Yeah. So even from an asset they point can, of view, yeah, they can afford him in a few years when they discover exactly what he's about. Yeah, ringing, getting his A or whoever you know is responsible for doing that. You know, the other night. That's just like it's just madness. So. <laughs> Can you imagine Rooney? Like, Rooney handed in a transfer request, Grant. Jared handed in a cr- transfer. They didn't ring Sky Sports News to tip them off that on Friday we're <laughs> handing a transfer request. It doesn't make any sense. It's so stupid. But this is the same fella who's been advised to go on, the B- on BBC yeah, and do an interview saying that, you know... In the, the lead-up to the Arsenal game, which was massive. Which After was losing to United, yeah. it was a massive game. And he... And that happens. It's well, that, just that's the advice argument again. It's a, it's a good one. Yeah. Let, let, Chris, can I give you? Want to run this past yourself and Paul? The quote here from uh, an article by Tony Barr today, which is interesting. It kind of puts a different slant on things. It's the kind of well, the club haven't exactly covered themselves in glory here too. What do you think about that? Basically, he goes on about look, we've got no Champions League. We've had one trophy, that's a League Cup in nine seasons, three title challenges since ninety one, a transfer policy policy that prioritizes the future over the present and an inability to compete for top four players. So basically Liverpool are failing the club and he go, are failing the players. And he goes on then to say thus far, the strongest argument that Liverpool have been able to muster in their attempts to convince Sterling to remain at the club is that it's the best place for his development. Now we've heard Andy put that and it's a, it's a good point. But Barrett's taken it is that look, it's actually kind of a weak argument because all you're saying is like, you know, that's all that's all we got we've got for you, kid. What 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 what's your take on that, Chris? I I think the fault largely lies with uh, with Sterling here, or more likely his his agent. I think he's extru- he's being oh my god, he's being just badly advised. I just had the feeling watching that Monday Night Football thing last night that that Cara would just like to have an, an hour alone with Eddie Ward, and then we wouldn't have any problems anymore. But um, <laughs> yeah. no, I, I, the, the club came within two points last year of winning the title. Uh, we had a bad season this year. If that's a blip, 
I don't know. That remains to be seen. But I would hope and pray that our players would have more faith and more loyalty in the club than you know just to run for the exit the second we finish fifth. Uh, but yeah, I think there's also a, a sense of complacency at the club, and there has been whether it's Ian Air or or whomever. Just a sense that yeah. We brought you up, kid. We gave you a chance. We made you a star. We'll give you a contract on our terms, and you will sign it on our terms. And they were surprised when he turned it down. Yeah. And I think that, that took them by surprise. Um, and they, they they have never really covered themselves in glory with contract negotiations, going all the way back to that Farago with Stevie. I know it was different people years ago, but look how close we came to losing Stevie G yeah. back yeah. in 2005. Yeah, there is a pattern there for sure. It's absolutely a pattern, just a pattern of incompetence at the highest level, and I think it's coming back to bite us in the ass with this one. In terms of the club not really delivering the season, Sterling has to take some of the blame for that as well. Um, you know, I saw some of the day. I think I think it might have been Carrot as well. Actually, on Monday Night Football, he was basically saying that in the semi final against Villa, everyone stunk the place out. He stunk the place out, but. Yeah, that's right. Actually, that was the, yeah, that was very much part of his argument, wasn't it? Like you know, yeah. they've got to they've got to show up too. Absolutely. Had he played, I mean, to to his potential, had he played in the last three months uh, with the, the, the ferve and the cess that he had in the first three four months of the season, and when he was you know looking really sharp and lively, and his movement was good, and he needs to work on his finishing, obviously. But you know, had he played with that conviction, you know, I don't think we'd be talking about finishing fifth, or I don't think we'd be talking necessarily about it. An FA Cup final where Aston Villa are playing Arsenal. Uh, you know, it it, would, it could have been us. It you know, it could have been us in the top four, and then I don't think we'd be having these these conversations at all. You know, one of the things that that gets to me, the one thing that I really hold at the club at this moment in time is that this isn't just an isolated situation where it just happens to be Raheem Sterling's contract that has run down. Mm-hmm. Like we were in such a strong position last season to tie down the young players that we wanted to tie down to longer contracts you know have them finished second yeah. you know the carrot was there that this is, this is a club that's going places here's the Champions League if I want to if I want to like, they were never in a stronger position than to put contracts on the table to these young players with the thing behind them to say we are going somewhere and you, if you want to be part of it sign a new long term contract for ourselves and for whatever reason the club t- thought it was a good idea to go almost another season or only begin negotiations halfway through this season. Now there's nothing, nothing in football that's guaranteed. You know, the, the you know, Chelsea have finished out of the top four in the last five years. United have finished outside the top four in the last five years. You know, City have only come into the top four in the last five years. There is nothing guaranteed in football. Apart from Arsenal will finish in the top uh, four. Well, apart from Arsenal will finish yeah. in the top four and not win the title. Yeah. But, you know, there is nothing guaranteed. And when you get into it as a club, from the club's perspective, when they get into a, they're a strong bargaining point, to not leverage themselves at that point to its maximum effect, tie down Coutinho, tie down Sterling at that stage, tie down Oib, tie down Henderson before the season kicks off, then you've got the question. Who, and this is not a. This is not These a. These are lads that have, have still got three years running on their contract, though. But you still you throw. They would have only. But you throw. Got a new contract the year before that, probably. Well, they didn't because this is the this is the problem with Sterling's that he signed the five year contract with whenever he he turned pro. What, what I'm saying is that Coutinho's one. We could have had two and a half years to go because he's got he's got he would have had two years left at the the end of this season. So, and we've got to get in. There has to be a conscious decision made that when you're in a in, a, in the strongest bargaining point that you are, that that's when you negotiate contracts. Especially if that's the plan. I don't think you can say. I don't think 
you can really level that at the club though because I don't think anyone like we didn't foresee like the arse falling out of ourselves like to this extent either I don't but, think but to not open negotiations with any of them is, yeah, is, but, is but criminal like, yeah but they, they did before they got to you know the kind of like the two year mark is usually where you're, you're deciding right if he won't sign now then we're, we, we like we have to consider selling him mm. so like Sterling has like two and a half years left in his contract so I don't I don't see like a big deal that we did leave I don't think the club kind of thought oh, like we, we could drop down to fucking fifth or sixth here yeah. so I don't, I don't have too, too much of a problem I don't know whether you can I don't know whether you should be nailing players down for like you would have been extending contracts there six years and five or something like that throw two years on, on three years left you've got five you're not in a, a weak position I'm just saying we were in a really strong bargaining position and we let that slip because we we, 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 ex, we expected to be back in the top yeah. four again this yeah, year it, and and it, it, it is a bit of a hindsight fair enough like but I, I think like you can't make that your sort of thing from now on like let's let's just negotiate contracts three or four years before they're yeah but the, the worry is that the, the model may well be means that, means yeah, that you have, if you've got young you know, players you have, to you have to be prepared to negotiate early as opposed to late because if they're in any way shape or form going to become top players and you're banking on them becoming top top players that if they mm. get to 20, 21 but here's well, the I thing don't know. Fella, does are, it make are, any sense why wouldn't you just have fellas signing 10 year contracts then well no but here's I'm the sure thing you're, you're are you, are you, yeah, are you banking will. on them becoming top players so that they'll turn into very 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 good assets mm. that's the worry about the plan that I think everyone secretly has is that like what's the goal here it's yeah. the goal to develop these wonderful players that we can bring through and keep on lowish money for as long as we can or is it to bring them through so we can make a profit on them well, no, he's, I don't, he's I don't only, think so you haven't really seen evidence of that hmm. like he's, he's only 20 like and we're like what is he he's strung together maybe two half seasons of form yeah. like, and we're making him you know an absolutely giant earner if, like, if he accepts the contracts we're offering yeah. him so I don't think it is a, a point of you know trying to keep him on low money so we can eventually sell him I think they are making an effort to to kind of keep them, and I th- I think it's I think it's bollocks really that, that people are kind of questioning the club's attitude as if it's you know we're almost bringing it on ourselves that uh, what you call it like that he's well, leaving. I think I th- sorry man, I, I I think the club is you know is to blame to some extent. I mean um, the club's policy towards Sterling seems to be at the moment if he doesn't accept the offer, if he doesn't accept the contract, the hundred grand a week that they've offered him reputedly, of course, that they're going to just let him wind his contract down over two years. And just you know, and and watch him tot up the missed wages. I mean, I've, I've seen so many stories going. Well, if he'd signed that deal back in November, he'd have earned so so much, and he's actually lost out on almost you know on, on a couple of million already in, in, in lost wages. Mm. As if that's not going to demoralise him and, and put him on the sidelines. And you know, think about Luis Suarez was that even when he was you know you know wanting to go to Arsenal and trying to agitate and trying to engineer a move, and uh, you know Henry and, and and the rest of the owners and. And, and Brendan sat him down and went, right, no, you're going to stay with us. We're going to put you in reserves. You're going to, we're going to teach you a lesson. Suarez is a born competitor. He could not allow himself to not play football mm. and to not give his all. And I don't think that Raheem Sterling is that player. I think if you demoralize him over the period of two years, you're going to get nothing from him. Mm. Well, I said at the start that it was, it was a different thing. And we need to make a compromise. There's no sense in doing it, as you say, Chris, and just making them unhappy. There's no sense in that. But then there's no sense in bowing down to it. You can't set the precedents. The club need to look like the big boys here. The club need to make a stance. And although it's not ideal, none of this is ideal. If a fella's agent going and ringing a national broadcaster uh, at 12 o'clock at night, like, is not ideal. That is not ideal. <laughs> you know what I mean? So the club have to act on that. And there's no real great 
solution. The biggest, the best solution here is if they can come to a compromise and just pay him halfway between what he wants and what we want to pay him and just move on and let's be happy about it and then actively look for a buyer because th- this fella's going to be trouble later on. I don't... At 20 I, years of I think, age, you I reckon think he I think he might be right. I think he might be right. Now, as much as I love Raheem Sterling, and I'd hate to see him go, right? I think if we get an offer of 35 million in the summer, mm. we'll deal. Okay, well, let's try and say... We'll deal because that's, that's a <clears throat> huge amount of money for a 20-year-old with, with, with huge potential, all right, but it's a huge amount of money. Fair enough. Well, let's, let's, let's try and segue out of this a little bit. Um, we've got a couple of questions leading kind of tangentially from it. Craig Holden's wondering, with the likes of Coutinho, Lalana, Markovic, Ibe, Tashira. Tashera, who's just announced as the club's academy player of the year, which is impressive given that he's been on loan all season at Brighton. <laughs> he is. And, and he's older than both Coutinho and Sterling, but however. Craig's, uh. Craig's <laughs> asking if we actually really need to replace him. And then we've got another one from Aditya, I hope I've got that right, who's saying, Who would you build your team around for the next three to five years? Like, which of the players that we've got there in situ or is there anyone that you'd like to see brought in? So, can we move along a little bit from there, Paul? Any thoughts on that? Coutinho's the only player. Uh, like, he's the only player that we have at the moment that you could build around. Other than that, you're looking at new signings. Hmm. Like uh, I like the I agree that uh, like this kind of attitude of Sterling can go if he wants because we vibe is ridiculous. So vibe hasn't scored a goal for us yet. Hmm. He's played half a season for us, so like it's absolutely ridiculous. So like Sterling, a lot of it is potential what he has, but he is he is someone He's that you can put it. on. Yeah, well, if he looks like he will be yeah. a cracking player, you can't yeah. just say like oh we we've got another young fella. Like there's no way you can do that. Um, yeah, like other than Coutinho, I think you're looking at new signings. Lalana, no, not a chance. Markovic showed, like he showed a couple Flashes. of glimpses, but you what? Flashes. I thought you thought you said fascists. It just seems unnecessary. Fascists. Sorry, stand by that. Fuck's sake. Yeah, he's like in the right wing. Yeah, like he has all potential. Like, yeah, you're not. You wouldn't go into next season going, "All right, well, Markovic is obviously going to explode and play brilliant this season." Like, it'd be madness. So, like, you are looking at buying a few kind of stars up front. If we do lose Sterling, well, I'm going to Chris. I'm going to put you in the. In the in the in the shop in the in the, the the happy shop with loads of money, and you can do do what you want. Matt Roberts is saying you're only allowed to sign one player here, though. However, in the summer, so which position so you can't would do it be? You can, only buy one. you can yeah, you, you you can go in. You can spend as much bloody money as you want, but it can only be on one player. Who would you go for, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, fella. Christ Almighty! Uh, well, we're talking daftness. Then yes, I'm prizing I'm prizing, I'm prizing a Messi away from Barcelona. Yeah, and if we're talking slightly more attainable, what do you think? More attainable stuff. I mean, I think we need um, we need a we need someone in midfield. I think we yeah. need reinforcements. And uh, I've seen Fidal linked recently. That or would be nice. People yeah. like that would be nice. We like come and leave the Italian champions. Come and leave the people, who, the, the team that might win the Champions League and come to us. We've got Europa League. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the sort of, that's the calibre of player we need to be going for but we haven't a hope and hell at the moment I think sadly but yeah, uh, yeah I'd, I'd, I'd break the bank on those guys and you know what? I'd throw an extra, I'd throw an extra 90 million towards Barcelona as well and I'd go, Lewis, Come home, mate. Come on. Uh, yeah, I think that might be a popular shout, all right. It's not working out for you over there. Yeah, yeah. Getting to your Champions League final win in leagues. Champions League messing. If it was down to one player, I'd probably throw it all at Lacazette. And just because he, look, he looks kind of reliable. Like, you, you throw, yeah, you throw him in and he'd score goals for you. Like, you know, not not someone like Markovic who you're kind of wondering, is he going to is or is he not? So like, not Benteke is what you're saying? 
Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can have that on the back of his jersey as well. Not Benteke. Not Benteke is on the back. Number nine. Less letters. <laughs> I'd go after, I'd, I think we I think we, when we were linked with Hume Min Song, mm. I definitely would start to go, yeah, I can see that working. I can see where he fits in. He, the type of player that fits the profile, scores a lot of goals, can play as a wide forward, can also play centrally. Um, we've got a, a tour coming up to Asia as well, which will be huge for jersey sales and there's the, the, the all that to throw in um, I, I can't think, believe you've just thrown that in as a positive <laughs> have, Jesus yeah. Christ but that's, that, that, that's what they look at the, the, especially when, when you look at FFP and stuff like that the, the more money the club can generate the better the more it raises its profile the better the more the, um, matches it can sell on, on, on foreign TV rights the better like genuinely these things count now if we have to go what's and, Park Chi Sung up to these days <laughs> yeah <laughs> He's probably co-commentating on something, but no, I, I, like, I, but I just think he's the, he's the right profile. He's a young player, he scores goals, can play as a, as the central forward or can play as a wide forward, and probably would cost us less than thirty million quid, which is less than Benteke. Less than Benteke. Andy, do you want a player shout? Will I move you on with another question? No, well, like I wish there was a striker out there that was obtainable that mm. we, we just knew it would score goals because that's where we need it. It all seems to be about these wide attacking players now. Would you have Higuain if I if I sent him over your way? Again, like it, it sounds great. You get the fans all pumped up, but would he really do it? Yeah, you know, it's just it's such a gamble. We just twenty goal a season, man. Though, yeah, and, and he's done it consistently. And we probably weren't. We're only a twenty goal man a season from a better short being far, of, yeah. top four. Yeah. And, and he works his arse off at the pitch. Yeah. Mm. So I, I don't know. Like, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of a lot of these wide players out there very similar. Like, you know. You just go after some. It's goal scores. Yeah. Well, if you're going to sign attackers, they have, they have to, have to goal be goal scores. It's not yeah. we can't we can't afford to sign attacking players who who are going to make their name on assists because we don't have anybody to finish those assists. Would you get Pedro? He doesn't get a look in anymore. No, I, I'm not a huge fan of Pedro. I'll be totally honest with you. Well, I'm a fan, all right, but I'm just wondering what he be asked with us. <laughs> but like, because well, he would be a main man, and that would be yeah. a huge selling point. That I he's mean, not he's not, he's just not getting a look in now. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, well, let, let, look, let's let's change the we'll topic. Be talking again. about this. Oh, we will be talking and when, about when this. When Benteke on all the rise, it'll be the crack. Uh, it'll be the great crack. Okay, let's go question per person for a while. So, uh, next one up, uh, Paul, is you. And the question from Juho is uh, Will we win a league before Arsenal? Will we win a league before Arsenal win a Champions League? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'd say so. They're never winning the Champions League, are they? Like, not with the Wenger's going to live for the next 100 years, I'd say. He's <laughs> 89 at the Menards. No, he's not winning a Champions League. It's just never happened before. No, I don't, I don't think they are, no. Okay, all right. There you go. That's I don't, fuck, fuck knows when we're winning the league, yeah. but I think <laughs> they win the Champions League anyway. Uh, Andy, Michael Freeman wants to know, given his talent, potential speed, strength, should we be looking to develop a fellow we mentioned earlier on, Jordan Ibe, into a striker? Any sense in that? Um... <laughs> I don't know. Like, there's a lot of excitement around it, but I just haven't really bought into it. Um, he's, like, <laughs> <laughs> hey. uh, he's yet to start. Like, it's all about uh, for I at the moment. It's all about this uh, dream of what he can become, not so much what he's actually produced. Mm. Um, how do you say you're going to develop a fella who's not banging in goals into a striker? Mm. He'd want you'd want to play him up front first, and then see <laughs> how we fare. Nice yeah. And then say, "Oh, hang on, there's something we can work on here." Yeah. So no, no. Okay, right. 
<laughs> so no. <laughs> so good. Cool. we got there? <laughs> uh, next one uh, is from uh, Shane. Chris, Shane is wondering, do you think Stevie would make a good manager based on what we've seen in his actual playing career to date? <laughs> Uh no, <laughs> you don't. Yeah, I I think he might. Uh, the, that might be a loaded question. Well, what, what, get, just uh, elaborate a little bit on why not. I think he's too deep a thinker. Weirdly enough, I think he would be tortured by being a manager. Like, you know, mm. you just you watch him try and answer a question in an interview. His brow furrows, and he, he feels like he's just. It's like it's like Cara on Monday Night Football. Every time he gets asked a question, there's like a ten second pause. Yeah. Well, well, his brain works into gear. Yeah, yeah. I think Stevie's a bit like that. I, I, I don't know. I'd love him to be a great manager. I'd love him to, you know, take over from Brendan in ten years' time. Whenever we've won the, you know, the Champions League for the eighth, eighth time, and yeah, you know, we're bored of winning the titles, and he just comes, he just comes up, you know, organically through the uh, through the club. But I don't know. I just can't see it somehow. I just there's something about him. I don't think that's managerial. Uh, material. Also, and uh, if I can cheekily leap onto the Ibe thing, I don't think Ibe should be the player we should be uh, grooming to play up front. I think it should be Dejan Lover and just get him as far the fuck as <laughs> <laughs> he possibly can. I think you might be onto something there, though. Phil's always wanted Skirtle as a striker. Skirtle as a striker is a fucking yeah. solution. Don't. Yeah, there's no point signing Benteke when we yeah. have Skirtle in the fucking yeah. defence. Yeah, because he yeah. offers the same. He offers exactly. And he the has same. the same. He's... I tell you, he has the same instinct in, instinct, instincts in the box. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, one for you, Phil. Okay, just on on the Gerard show. Okay, for manager, Go on. Uh, that is my worst nightmare. <laughs> it's like it's like with Carras' assistant. Uh, yeah, this 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 is like the Shearer show as well. Yeah. Do you remember when Shearer went to Newcastle? Yeah. That turned out brilliant. Yeah. Very rarely do really great players turn into really great managers because when they play the game. They play it differently yeah. to, say, average players. And that's why so many average players make good managers because they've had to learn how to play the game. They've had to learn uh, like all about tactics and all just to play at the level they played at. Um, whereas great players, they're so good and they're so far ahead of the players around them. Mm. They don't necessarily need to understand tactics or how shape and all works because yeah. they just fit into it and they see the game at a different pace to yeah. everything else. I, though, because he's so... You can see he's so opinionated and so outspoken, right? I think he'd actually probably make a good number two in that he wouldn't be he wouldn't be he wouldn't be a yes man to the manager. So if the manager has an idea or something, he wouldn't be afraid to fucking say, No, that's a stupid idea. Hmm. And I think that's so important in, 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 in a number two. I think a number two has to be able to challenge the uh the, the, the be able to challenge the manager. Are these sly digs at Colin Pasco now? Big Carl Pasco. <laughs> Is that what you're getting out here? Actually, we should be just getting rid of Pasco. We're not getting rid of <laughs> Realistically, realistically, it's just amazing. <laughs> that combination. Whatever about Rogers being a virtually unknown, like Colin Pascoe just needs to be binned. Is it true that he was a postman? <laughs> I don't know. I, listen, I've seen that video. I'm not. I'm not buying into this conversation. I, don't know. Uh, uh, I, I doubt it, but uh, maybe he was. Maybe he wasn't. We need a recognisable assistant. That's well you, you, well. you wouldn't miss Pascal in fairness. No. So you 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 mean a high profile guy? Along yeah. the lines of what Phil was saying, yeah, that Stevie I, I, like, could be Stevie. The, the whole notion of Stevie being manager, like he'd be a, he'd be a very young manager at the moment. Now any young yeah. manager that you you know of at the now has kind of gave up their playing career when they're twenty two with a bad injury or whatever. Yeah. So they've been surrounded in the the idea of management and coaching for a long long time. Mm. Well, Jared's only started to do his badges. You'd want Gerard to head off and prove himself as a manager, or prove himself as a coach, or prove himself as an assistant before you'd even remotely consider. It would be just reckless 
bringing in Gerard to save the club. Mm. You don't. What the you don't fuck want, would be the point. Mm. You don't want Stevie to tarnish his reputation. You know yeah. that's what happened to Souness when he came in, and you know he's he's a Liverpool great, but most people now associate him with as the guy who kind of. <laughs> screwed it up yeah yeah, yeah the guy yeah yeah like, like yeah. Kenny was a real once off like I mean I don't know whether there's been a player manager to win so much uh, win a double and all that like, I mean, that's has. just that's, that's just like, apart uh, from actual Roy yeah. of the Road and years no. ago we had player managers now now it's it's way more specialised Fo- football has moved on yeah no like Okay. All right. Let's no. 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 <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, let's move. On. Paul, question for you. I know you're busy there, fella. But uh, I, I never got one. Are you feeling? Well, do you know why you didn't? I actually I, I jumped in. I actually, I actually fully blame Chris Hewitt here for changing the subject twice there and bringing it back to a different question. Chris, it's totally your fault here, fella. Well, we'll go. We'll go back to. We'll go back to. Uh, we'll go back to you for one question, then, uh, Phil. Mm. Uh, Kuata is doing well at Sunderland, according to Dick Avocat. Oh. Right, D- Dick. Re- oh. Dick reckons that he's doing great. So, is Dick Avocat wor- doesn't give is, a flying is he, shite. Is he worth he's another chance? A massive fucking wedge, no matter what is happens. Is he worth to another chance at Liverpool? Look, I was a fan of Kuata's when we signed him. I didn't think he was. I thought he actually played well on the pre-season tour, and when he went out, it was like, oh, well, he's never going to get a chance at Liverpool. So, mm-hmm. is he going to get a chance at Liverpool? No. And to say he's playing well at Sunderland, I think he's played three games. He's mm. played four games. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Someone say he's playing well, and here I was. Jeez, I don't remember seeing him playing yeah. at all. <laughs> <laughs> so I checked. I know. He's played four games. He's played four games. Oh, yeah, fucking hell. Get him back. <laughs> In fairness, though, yeah. they seem to have not lost any of the games he played. That's true. So which is a pretty decent record. Yeah. But like, no, he's not going to get a chance Stop. now. You only have to look at him. He's shy. I'd rather. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man! You can't say that. You can't say that. Well, then, you, then you look at the fucking clowns that we have the back. Yeah. Right Come on! It couldn't be any more clown cards if we get him. And uh, next question, Paul, is for you. This is from Darren. He reckons. Oh, you love this. With Stevie gone and a lack of experience and winners at the club, is it worth a punt for Jabby Alonso? Oh, um, fucking disdain oh, the in the look at that. Oh, no, 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 no. Hang on, I'm thinking. Like, I would not. Yeah, I wouldn't mind them. Like, because obviously, I try not to be too excited. Well, <laughs> I mean, obviously, we've tried that. The, you know, the kind of deep line playmaker with yeah. someone who's not that. Like, Jer- that's not what Gerard is. Yeah. So, like, I wouldn't mind trying it with someone who is. Like, obviously, you'd only get maybe a year or something out of Alonso now at this stage. Mm. All his his magic pace is going. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't mind going for it. The the only problem again is like you'd be. Tying up a huge amount in wages probably for someone like someone where you, you we have more pressing needs kind of up front mm. scoring goals and all but I, I wouldn't mind taking a punt on him yeah right. I think it's a great show now like previously last year when he was leaving Madrid and all that it wasn't that fond of the idea like just it's it's always a bad idea going back but right now in the current situation and players leaving and I think. We 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 not just, like we all want Johnson gone, but he is another one of the experienced players in the dressing room. Like I don't know, Torre could be gone, Lucas could be gone. It'd be an, like it'd be a great scalp to get, and he's still playing at the top of his game. Mm. So it, absolutely, it was a non-starter when Gerard was here because because there's no point in having the two of them in your yeah. squad. But if you're so gonna play, if if you're gonna play with the role that Gerard is playing, then you may as well get in the fella. Who specialises in playing exactly, in that role? Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. That, that's that's, that's yeah. like that's, that's set that's pieces it. as well. Yeah, I mean he wasn't let near them at Madrid because Ronaldo mm. was taking them all, and then he he scored some like eight or ten free <laughs> kicks he's taken. That's right, you far away. And we need a set piece uh, taker very badly now. So second last question is for you, Andy, on this section, and it is a question from Sean. Sean's very downbeat, and he says, "How fucking grim is the situation currently?" He says, "I mean, are we one Markovic away from becoming a Newcastle?" 
that don't like that you're thinking about. No, 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 we're not. We're not. Like, look, we're still fifth in the league. Like, slagging Rogers about coming out and saying par. It it fucking is par. That's the problem. It is par. Everyone above us is richer and has been, you know, for the last 10 years has been way more successful than us. So fifth kind of is par. Mm. We can still go on and, and buy a couple of players. Like we're, we're, not, we're far from a Newcastle at the moment. So, no. I, I think that's rubbish. Um, and there is a lot of people on Twitter and a bit of very downbeat fans that just aren't putting everything in perspective. But we're not. We're still fifth. And we still, I'd say, we're about a, stri- a striker that can score 15-20 goals a season away from challenging for top four again. And probably one or two more players. More suitable players in the, in the system. That you know, be a bit of experience like Alonso mm. away from actually putting us a little bit back closer to where we were the previous season. Yeah, yeah, it's very true. Very well, true. I'll joke myself as well. Going back to the, Chris, the, the question I asked Chris at the start, in terms of you know, the, the, what do we need? If you look at the spine that we have, potentially had, you had Sacco, you have Emery Chan, you have Henderson who plays well when he's a good midfielder beside him, mm. you've got a fit storage and Coutinho. Like, that's 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 a very strong. Yeah. Set a group of players to build a side around. When we yeah. talk about who would you build the team around, yeah. you've got players there that you can build a very, very strong team around. You need to just complement and add to them. Yeah, you know, like I, you could imagine a midfield tree of Chan, Henderson, and Coutinho being more than capable of destroying nearly all the teams in in the league. You know, from from say six downwards, that midfield will be more than capable of taking on on other teams being able to play, being able to pass themselves around and open up space and open up gaps. Mm. Now that's without, top, like, up top you have a fit storage. You know, he's fucking brilliant when he plays. Mm. And then you've got, you know, we have, because of what's gone on, we've lost a bit of perspective in terms of what we actually have at the club yeah. because they haven't performed well and whatever's gone on at the club, it, it just hasn't just hasn't sat well. It looks like players are struggling to play and the whole lot, but we do have the potential to do a hell of a lot better than we've done this season. Right. I think, and that's the real frustration. All right, well, look, let, let's talk briefly about that potential. I've got one more question um, for Chris, um, primarily uh, towards the end, and we'll see what we say about it as well. But let's, in an effort to be sort of semi-serious uh, and professional about this, acknowledge that we have one game left away to Stoke in the you season. You wouldn't think it the way people are going on. You wouldn't think fucking it. players awards and all tonight. Like, it's, yeah. it's like, <laughs> what yeah. the fuck? I know, you wouldn't think it. So we always get a little bit of a, a predictions and we get a little bit of an idea of what lineup might be. Does anyone have any particular thoughts they want to share in Stoke or will we just go straight to predictions because no. I don't care? Can I say something? No, well, like, yeah. All I'd say is just don't play anyone that's not in the plans for next year. Yeah, I think that's absolutely wise. You know, I I think that uh, that was a good farewell for Gerard. Now that's it. Now, yeah, you know, that was his last game. Just don't put Gerard through this shite down there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you want to do it. Yeah, just yeah. just play whoever is in the plans for next season. Yeah, um, you know, make sure Jordan Noy was playing. Make sure a few of these players are are, are playing. Even bring in um, uh, the kid right back. The kid Mark right back, Marquio. Bring him back. Yeah. You know, just just do that. That's all I'd ask. You know what I mean. Chris, sorry, go ahead. Here's a big question. Do you play Sterling? No, no, oh. absolutely not. You can't act the bollocks like that and get a game to follow. He should be he should be uh, getting a club fine. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a very He should be fine and banned from the club. Yeah. Shouldn't be even at the awards tonight. 
But he was getting old. He was getting old. It doesn't matter. He can get his age and connect Periscoping into fucking Sky Sports News. Phil, you wanted to say something about this Stoke game before we I know, go to predictions. I know nobody gives a shit about the Stoke game, really. It's right? hard to, really. I, I know, and it's hard because because if they couldn't give a shit about the Palace game, you wonder what, what's, exactly. what's the point in even turning exactly. up? Would it be better off just giving them a walkover? Yeah. Right? And just ending the season the yeah. way it is. Unfortunately, though, we finished seventh, which is possible after this weekend our season starts on July 2nd mm. the first round of the Europa League starts on July Christ 2nd Christ alive so the players want a holiday Mm-mm. they want to go down there and they want to win that match yeah. because we finish 5th we're straight into the group stages of the Europa we finish 7th we start the season on July 2nd and 3 points can swing, out, uh, swing. Three, points, 3 points secures us 5th fifth. Fifth. we're a point ahead of the Spurs we're a point ahead of Spurs and I think 2 points ahead of Southampton if Spurs and Southampton yeah. both win and we lose We'll finish seventh. Now, going back to Andy's point about fifth being par, right? If we finish seventh, that flight that Brendan has to take over to Boston suddenly becomes a lot longer, and mm. it's a lot, it's a lot bigger of a, of a conversation, a lot harder argument to keep. He's going to be, yeah, he's going because be. you've gone seventh, second, seventh, and you're starting to look like, well, what is your, what is your, what, 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 do, what can you manage to? Because the collapse we've put in, if we don't win, we'll have only picked up eight points. In the nine matches, I like that. I like the idea of putting in a collapse. We've put in a great well, collapse we have, there because yeah. we went. We, we've talked. We've talked about this incredible thirteen game streak that we went on. Yeah, right? but the bit before the thirteen game streak was appalling. Right, yeah. and the collapse that's happened since that streak has been fucking shambolic. Mm. Eight yeah. points from a remind from twenty seven that was on the table. Twenty seven, which would have taken us to what was it? what was the Choo Choo Club. 20 point, 82 I think at the time mate <coughs> no it was 70 78 71 it was 81 oh, Christ, that's became, 5 different numbers then it became, <laughs> whatever it was 78 74 yeah, yeah. but those points have been dropping 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 and all yeah, he's put with his, with his own yeah. words. He's put himself back into the shit. Yeah. And not for the first time. Yep. <laughs> not for the first yeah. time. You yeah. reminded me of a nice little soundbite I had prepared. I forgot all about it. So cheers. <laughs> in, the last, in the last six games, there's been 15 points and a cup final at stake, and all we have to show for it is five points. Oh, it's fucking. Fuck. It's absolute raw. And it brings you back to the beginning, the round November when he was just doing mad shit that didn't <coughs> coincide with the season previous yep. and playing players that every fan was going, what the fuck is the story? Mm. But as soon as he changed to a more like comparable team to the season before, we went on that run. And then as soon as he kind of got found out a small bit, he just reverted back to November. To November. <laughs> and it's no coincidence that we've just dropped points after points. Like we should be fucking top four. Because wow. United have gave Liverpool every opportunity. As Phil says, Johnny Henry would be asking those questions, I guess. Okay, Chris, can we start with you then and get a prediction if you have any notion of how you think the game will go against Stoke? <laughs> uh, I think we'd be lucky to take the pitch, to be honest. Um, yeah. I, I'm, pessimist, I'm in pessimistic mode at the moment. I think we're going to lose that one 2-0. There's a 2-0. <laughs> but I think, I think Southampton and Spurs will also lose, so we'll, we'll get fifth by default. Oh, okay, I see it. Lurch over the line. Lovely, lovely. Yeah. Paul, uh, your prediction? No, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake, Paul. <laughs> Charlie Adam will score. That's my prediction. Yeah. Charlie Adam scores. Andy, have you got any kind of ideas then? Do you want to go down Paul's route? Or get, get an actual prediction from me? Yeah, just, I think, I'll probably win a 2 1. 
Do one. <laughs> like the conviction's fucking amazing. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm in the same boat as Chris. I'm terribly pessimistic about how this goes. I, I don't see, I don't see how we do it. And I think the Sterling thing is going to rattle things another little bit. So yeah, I, I, hopefully we'll get it by default, but we don't win that match. I don't think, Phil. I think we win because they want as long a holiday as possible. There's actually something on the line for them now. Forget mm. your open the whole lot. If oh, those forget lads, celebrating your club captain legend. Yeah. Fuck that shit. Forget that. If the lads have to give up a holiday in June, give up the whole the whole of June being off on mm. holiday and the whole lot, and they have to come back in the middle of June to start the season on July second, mm. they'll put in a performance to make sure that they have a longer holiday and a nice break out to July. There's something for them to play for. You're There's giving th- these lads an awful lot of credit though, because like the likes of Lovren, this I don't think this will have occurred to him. At all, like, <laughs> When he's sitting there catching flies with his mouth open or whatever, like he, I, don't, I don't think this will have crossed their minds at all. They haven't thought this far ahead. I think they'll lose. We'll end up in the qualifying rounds or whatever, and listen, then then in July or whenever it starts, they'll go. Oh listen, bollocks! It's, it's ranching season back in Brazil, and Lucas knows that he needs to get back over <laughs> to get those cattle back in off the fucking farm. Have you not seen him in the cowboy yeah, hats? Lucas he screamer. is thinking to himself, "Agri season, lads. Fuck this. I need to be back in June yeah. to get that cattle in and get the wheat done." Now he's gone. He'll he'll lead the fucking team. He will lead. <laughs> I don't, it's, 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 it is it's, it's farming season farming season in Brazil <laughs> priorities priorities uh, man ok right well look uh, th- Coutinho wants to go back for a bit, bit of beach holiday that's uh, that's all totally depressing uh, uh, let's hope that we maybe do get this uh, get this little bit of an extra stint and that the boys do go down the cynical route that you're talking about and get a bit of extra holiday Chris with no football this summer uh, and we do have a little bit of extra time to play around. And to be perfectly honest, I think all of us could do with a football break. Um, as our uh, go-to guy for movies, um, what would you recommend coming up this summer? I'd recommend uh, just being in a bit of depression for the next few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> you just reminded me there's no World Cup this, su- this summer. Yeah, there's literally no. there's no footy, so. God almighty. Um yeah, it's actually it's shaping up to be a decent summer. I, I'm, my worry is that the best stuff's kind of already come and gone. Yeah, it's Avengers or Mad Max. Um, but yeah, we we still got the Pixar movie Inside Out. That's going to be great. Looking forward to Jurassic World. Looking forward to Ant Man. Uh, I'm intrigued to see just how awful Terminator Genesis is. Mm. That's going to be. Are you basing that on, on the on the on the trailer? Yeah. I'm basing it on everything. On everything, right? <laughs> okay. So okay. If that movie is not terrible, I will be shocked. Yeah. Um, but, you know, fingers crossed. You know, I'm always hoping for the best. So you never know. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to also Mission Impossible 5. I think it's going to be great. How could that not be good? Is Mad Max as good as everyone's saying it is? It's great. It's fantastic. I'm going to go see it again tomorrow night for the third time. Um, Jesus. Oh, nice. Jesus. That's a hell of a recommendation. Fucking hell. Here, Chris, yeah. we've got a question, right? We were talking about this the last couple of weeks. All right. You know your man in, in, in The Avengers, the fellow with yeah. the bow and arrow, what's his name? Hawkeye. Legolas. Legolas. Yeah. What, like, we were trying to figure out what, what's the point of him. What's the point? What do you mean, what's the point of it? But like, like the rest of them, there, there's a point to the rest of them, but like, he doesn't even have a superpower, anti. No, yeah, BC, you know, he's, he's, he's good with the bow and arrow, you know. That's a, that's a useful skill. Is he literally just one... Lost in a forest? Is he just like one of the, one of their mates who they sent off on a really intense training program and brought him in? <laughs> he's he's making wish straight he's, he's basically, look, if you go off and train really hard with a bow and arrow, you can get into the Avengers. Yeah, you can come along, basically. fella. 
His backstory is uh, he's a Make-A-Wish Foundation winner. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I knew you were going to go there. Hey, oh, Chris, it, I've, so I've does got... that mean that Lovren then is in the next Avengers movie as well? <laughs> <laughs> Chris, I've got a very, a very serious question. I've got a very serious question for you, fella. We've got, we've got a guy here who's got like, uh, it's almost like a handicap. He cannot help himself. He cannot remember the names of movies. We were trying to remember the movie, I think it's called Click. He was calling it Remote Control. He doesn't know what to do. <laughs> have you got any sort of, is there any kind of mnemonic strategies or do you have anything that you can suggest for this guy? Because, because he's in trouble. Eh? It's, a tr- it's a real, it's, it's a worry and it's going to, I'm just worried about him, it's going to get worse. Uh, you know, and then, then he won't be able to deal with life. So any suggestions? I'm just lucky that Star Wars, they called them all Star Wars. That was handy. Yeah, because was like, <laughs> I know what that film is about. <laughs> Listen, whatever title you want to call the film, that's fine by me. You know, I used to work in a video store and some of the crap we would get, people would come in and go, you know, it doesn't matter what the film's called. They just go, Batman, one for Batman, please. Can we get Batman? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, which one? Batman Forever, Batman and Robin? Batman. Just it Batman. Yeah, yeah. As long as it makes you happy. If you want to call Click Remote Control or... Latest Adam Sandler piece of crap. Whatever you want to do, whatever <laughs> makes you happy. You know, my dad used to call Inspector Morse Captain Moss. Chris, just one last one, right? This, yeah. this, this um, crowd. What's it? The, the DC version of the sort of is it the Suicide Squad? Yeah, yeah. What's the story with that? Like, I've seen about a billion pictures of it. When is that film out? Is that even major? It's it's being it's filmed right now. It's out next. November, I think, 20, oh. November 2016. Yeah, because it was in. And come here, what's the story with, with you know, the new Batman film with Ben Affleck? He's yeah. in it, isn't he? Batman versus Superman. Is that yeah. Batman versus Superman, is that it? That is. Ah, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. That's Daredevil, too. <laughs> watch the uh, watch, watch the trailer. It's, it's, oh my it's, God. it's a worry. Is Robin in it? No, no, Robin. Well, there might be. Oh, you reckon? Okay. You see, this is where we get Chris on. He knows shit. I don't know anything. Chris, what's your stance on Steven Seagal? <laughs> tread, tread, tread carefully. <laughs> yeah, you should, be, you should probably watch watch what you say here, man. I, you stand behind him because yeah. he's so large these days that you know he couldn't turn around to get you if you said something about him. Um, my stance on Steven Seagal is that he's past his best. Listen, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Here, do you, reckon, do you reckon the greatest movie of all time? <laughs> Yourself and Paul have come up with an idea for a movie with Steven Seagal, which would include Michael Flatley. Can you think of any other two actors that you put in a movie that would be better than that one? Because yeah. I can't. Like, uh, uh, <laughs> seriously, uh, give us an original double act there. Better than what? Michael Flatley, Flatley and Steven and, and Seagal, Seagal in Dance, to, Dan, Dance of Death in, yeah. and it's set in Iraq Flaming no in Iran it's in Iran now because of the, the nuclear shit yeah so yeah. wow that's that's pretty insane actually yeah I'd like to see that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look we'll try and get it we'll try and make it happen Kickstarter me and Paul <laughs> <laughs> Chris we won't well, put know, I'd like Sorry. to see Jason Statham and Anton Deck I'd like to see them you know just Fighting Jason Statham, standing on his shoulders. That's <laughs> yeah. Chris, you're an absolute star, man. Really appreciate the the input there. Thanks, guys. thanks a lot. I am Lou Schwari. You are listening to Trippers Chat. <laughs> Small midget fella. <laughs> Instead of the big midget fella. Do you watch it, Paul? No. Do you watch no. it, This is a fucking great, roaring success. I you hope can't Ben think Johnson of it. dies in it. <laughs> It's just Buckland Johnson in it to make it. <laughs> <laughs>
love the fuck. Uh, right, next, yeah, I'll just, I'm going to do these in order. Uh, first one is from Sweets, who was clarifying a few things about last week. Um, some of you boys giving him abuse about being a fish tank fan. He's not at all. He says, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, he says he was watching Raiders of the Lost Ark and he got thinking. Was he not looking at his fish tank? <laughs> no, he wasn't. <laughs> he got thinking about his favourite movie scene. Um, so what's your favourite movie scene? First thought. He's, he's not going to tell us his favourite movie scene, no? It was a scene from Raiders of the Lost Ark, I'd imagine, given that he was watching gonna, it. Yeah. So he hasn't was watching the Raiders of the Lost Ark yeah. and got to thinking, favourite movie scene. Yeah, I, I just I'll tell you what mine is. Glengarry Glen, Glen, Glen Ross, Al, uh, which got Alec Baldwin's Baldwin. scene in it. It's the, deadly. It was written specifically for it. With the film. actual brass balls, that's yeah. fucking magic. It's absolutely brilliant. Have you seen it? it? No. Are you lowest class? Yeah, no. I no. probably did, but I just don't know the name of the film. That's fucking dead. Yeah, you never you know remember that name anyway. No <laughs> fucking chance. Glenn like Johnson. Yeah. You'd probably call it Salesman Film. <laughs> struggling salesman fella. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is by far. Go on. Uh, the motherfucker when he likes to. Oh, you love it. Yeah, yeah, you love it. Yeah, I'm a big airplane wanker anyway, like so. <laughs> You're a that. diehard wanker as yeah, well, but that, like that, uh, yeah. uh, the one in the airport that really got me going because I'm just always being mad about aircraft. But when he when he hit the aviation fuel and it went up and blew the the aircraft, that was amazing. That was, <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're I mean, an aircraft fan. Just blow the shit out of it. I'm just an that aircraft works. wanker. Yeah, aircraft yeah, wanker. Yeah, I'm of... sure you have some type of real art house fucking favorite scene. No, not at all. Well, it might, uh, it's probably uh, the Untouchables. Chocolat. No. Chocolat. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that. Oh, so. you mean chocolate? <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite? Yorkie. Scene? It's called Yorkie. Which uh, scene's your favorite? Yeah, the, the scene the Untouchables with the the pram going down and it's all gone in slow motion. The pra- the baby's pram is is going away down the steps in Grand Central Station, and Andy Garcia is sliding into position at the bottom of the steps, and he's taking takes a guy out. Mm. Kevin Costner's watching it all happening. No. Doesn't sound familiar. I saw that film like absolutely years ago. I don't remember. Yeah, I've, I've, I've just watched. Is that it Al Capone, is it? Yeah, De Niro's Capone and and, and Sean Connery's in it. He's class. That'd be me. Uh, mine, mine is um, uh, mine is the Empire Strikes Back right at the end. Oh, go on. What happens there? Luke, I am your father. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that. That's like that's that's the big reveal. Hmm. You're not expecting mm. that. So what you're saying is when you saw that first, it kind of oh, hit you around like, the this, head. This, right this is the best ever. Hmm. Mm. The fact and like the fact that I was about five. <laughs> well, you're thirty. You've been thirty-seven for four years. So, so what? Carry the four. <laughs> five. I know, but like it is. I and mean, even now, when you're watching, you're just going, "Ah, deadly." That's a deadly yeah. twist. You're not expecting that, like. Yeah. You aren't, because he's after wearing the face off his sister in the fourth one. And there's no call for that. <laughs> there's no call for that at all. So yeah. yeah. Well, actually, wearing the face off. Stop it. <laughs> uh, right, next question. I was leading into a story. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Sorry, Andy. Sorry, fella. Go on, go on, go on, go on. Me being a big airplane wanker, you know, yeah. I had the lads' heads wrecked on the plane heading out. Like, you know, I'd be the type, I'd be video on the takeoff and all and uploading into me one of my follow Facebook pages. Are you having you know? a fucking laugh? I'm really no, into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But see, what was different is we flew out on the air. So hang on, you're, you're a connoisseur of takeoffs. You're going like... No, no, just... just okay, go on, listen, go on. Right? Go on. <laughs> we took off Sorry, on, on runway 16, right? Yeah. Which is the normal runway out in Dublin Airport is 28, which is 
you know the the road the back road to the airport where yeah people where people stay. watch yeah and you, they normally come in from right to left yeah because right? that's a prevailing wind but the the runway we went in we we flew out you're losing out me Phil Ballymun right <laughs> yeah. so that's what's I interesting being a space all the aerosexuals be mad into that because it's 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 not often you fly out that way okay but it got me talking on the plane about a story when we played in Ballymun years ago. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> <That's> the, <laughs> what? Yeah. We started talking about this story about a fella on a team, Kevin O'Connor, right? He's playing left foot and uh, he got a bit uh, distracted by the planes taking off in Dublin Airport from, you know, from Ballymun. They were flying over. So, some letter or Kevin, tune the fuck in and stop watching the airplanes. <laughs> so, Kevin tunes in, just runs over, ball's coming down and just smashes this fella up in the air. Breaks them up, right? The only problem was out there the two pitches side by side. Right. He was at the running onto the wrong pitch. <laughs> <laughs> and just cleaning. <laughs> it fell out. Could just fell out running like tight acres of space. <laughs> Kevin O'Connor comes over fucking and fucking r- smashes him up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, fuck's sake would you, would you be into driving out to the airport and have a, the, a swift shandy looking at their planes <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I normally go out a bit early if I'm picking up someone from the airport I'd head out a bit early because I'd have my apps going like you know yeah. you know, the plane finder app and then the air traffic control app and I'd be I'd know where everything is and all <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're coming no. into the fucking airport. <laughs> no, but they'd not like I'd know each call sign and that, and they'd be listening away, and I'd know that's that coming in. So I could gotta get into it. Like sometimes, like <laughs> no, no hairy-handed activities, though. No, how would you be listening them? to it? You've got you can tune into the frequency. <laughs> with like the... there's a ATC Live app, and okay. then you run that in the background and yeah. bring up the playing finder app, and that has an augmented reality thing on it and all. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> An augmented oh reality. Oh my god! See, you know, you know what augmented reality is. I, I can only imagine. See, you, you look through your camera. Okay. Into the sky, and it'll yeah. identify the plane. <laughs> And then you can click on that and yeah. you can see like it's real. And What's so wrong with you? If you see a plane flying over, like I'd be playing golf with the lads, like, yeah. and I'd look up and go, oh yeah, that's uh, the Virgin. You look up Sarah. through your phone. No, but I'd know because at the you time I'd say, know. that's the Virgin Service there in Vegas. And they go, how do you know that? Well, it's a four engine, it's, you know, it's two o'clock, that flies over here. And then they go, <laughs> and they, they challenge, and I go, all right, oh, fair enough, here we go, put the phone up, and lo and behold, it's Virgin 747 over to Vegas. Triumphant no Andy. <laughs> but hang on, I'll ask you a tour time, would you have a pedal looking at a plane? Because <laughs> you keep dodging this question, you do. Look, <laughs> <Come on>. <laughs> <laughs> Seven eight seven. You know, my younger days were into all sorts. <laughs> you know what I mean? Any old prop, like. <laughs> oh God! There was that night with the Airbus. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it had to be a three eighty now coming. <laughs> to I'll give you a lift up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got long with this road, mate. <laughs> How many different euphemisms for wanking did you use there? In order to go oh, the, I think the, 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 the full arse. <laughs> okay, we better go on to another one. Uh, uh, Phil, James wants to know what's your favourite black. Okay, Ali's a plane wanker. You're a space wanker. So, <laughs> what is your favourite planet in the solar system? Bar Earth. You can't choose the planet on which you Do live. I have to pick a planet. Yes. Or not a planetary body. I knew this would happen. Yes, it says planet, so stick to that. Has to be one we know as well. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jupiter. Yeah, boy. Fascinates me. Yeah. You can see it in the sky without looking through a telescope. Mm. And like it's a big, huge gas joint. Fascinates me. Do you have an augmented reality app as well? I do for, for looking at the stars. Yeah, because you stars, put me wide to it. And you're pissing yourself laughing. <laughs> oh, holy shit. Pair of fucking oh, cunts. We are getting some revelations here. <laughs> <laughs> augmented reality. I, I love being down in Wexford and looking up at a clear sky at night and you can actually see the Milky Way. Is Wexford close to the space, sir? It is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, no, there's less background light. <laughs> Wex- Hang on. That's the best line ever. Is Wexford close to space? Yeah. That's yeah. just the way he said he looked at that. It's like it's a great view from Wexford. <laughs> I'm at the top of the sand dunes looking at. I bet. I bet you two boys had X-ray specs looking at birds when you were that little, <laughs> didn't you? What? You did, didn't you? X-ray. X-ray no, Trevor, specs. I think you're revealing a bit there. <laughs> well, maybe they were only in the 1960s comics I used to buy. I don't know. Who knows. There was X-ray specs in six. What? Yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah. They're advertising the comics. All right then. Yeah. All right. So they're well, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, yeah, it's a bit closer because it's a little higher. The closer you get, the closer you are. Uh, James' second question is: Who would win in a scrap or a fight? The cast of Sopranos or the cast of Breaking Bad? That's a fucking no-brainer. Why do you say mm. that? Soprano. Like if you go back to your man. Oh, for well, fuck's sake! <laughs> Your man with the he- the head the, and man, the hair. Your man, the, the junkie lad that is his mate, and your man, oh, Heisenberg. Look at this goal. Yeah, what about it? But like, there were two, they weren't exactly fucking hardened criminals now, were they? Mm. Whereas the lads in The Sopranos. There are, are a lot of hardened criminals yeah, in the cast. The cast like, you know, there's, you know, there's gangs and all. There's, in, in yeah, there's some scary bastards. Yeah, there's, there's, no, there's no lads who would have had like real connections. Like Some of those lads in The Sopranos had real connections. Jeez, I don't know. Going back and going back through the days, like they've been in loads of gangster films now. Of course, there's fucking mafia. Them shaving headed twins, lads, and breaking bad were scary bastards. Yeah. That's just, but like everyone says, that look a scary. He's got a shaving head. He's and he looks scary, but he isn't. Hmm. Oh, Spanos have Polly Walnuts as well. Yeah, he's the, the best characters ever. He's. I don't know. I don't know if he's especially hard or anything, but <laughs> he's funny. <laughs> Uh, right, next one is <laughs> next one. moving swiftly along. <laughs> uh, this is again kind of related, television related uh, theme that we've got going through the show. Anyway, Simon's wondering, Simon Brundish, what great TV show would you have missed if you hadn't embraced Torrance? In other words, yeah. So, what TV show would you have missed? Um, well, not to incriminate ourselves or anything like that. No, but a friend of mine would have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone I know. This lad I know. Yeah, yeah a close friend of mine. You would have missed the jinx. What's oh, I've got that recorded. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, it's fucking sensational. Yeah, I saw the first one. It looked class. Oh, I'll tell you what. It's probably the best television series I've seen. I'd say in, in 15, 20 years' time, we're going to look back at that and go, that is one of the most, most amazing series Six ever. episodes, is that right? Yeah, it's, and yeah. It's, it's, it's a documentary, but it's fucking incredible. Mm. What's it about? It's about um, Robert Dorst. He uh, he is one of the heirs to the Dorst family fortune in New York. It's a real, it's it's a true story, and it's 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 going on. It's even going on. It's the a murder outcome. mystery, essentially, right? Yeah, but yeah. the the outcome of this is continues to go on now. It's been it's still being probed and everything like this. But it's it's he's in it, and everything that happened around him is in it. It's, I'm not going to say much because it will give away what happened. But fucking Dead jinx. What? Dead jinx. Dead jinx. The jinx. Yeah. Paul, what show would your mate have missed? It's on. It's I think it's still on Sky on demand. Please. Yeah. The Sopranos. The Sopranos, yeah. yeah. I'd heard loads about it, like, yeah. and uh, like uh, you know, it's it's not on Netflix or anything like that. So when so, when my when your mate who, watched when my it. mate who will remain yeah. nameless downloaded them, 
then I got to see them, yeah. That was handy for, uh, that, that he had that turn. Uh, Andy, your show? Yeah, liking suits at the moment. Liking suits. Yeah, I'm on uh, season four, which is going to be topsy turvy. Mm. So I'm not like flying back home to watch it anymore, you know? Mm. But it was, it was deadly for the first three seasons. Now, it's, it's not like this mad profound like TV show or anything like that, but it's a very enjoyable watch. Oh, it's the same. Really yeah. nice uh, looking cast. A nice looking cast mm. that does help. What were you going to say, Paul? Sorry. Yeah, I watched the first kind of three seasons or whatever, and I was like, it's a good, it's a good watch. Like I just found it started getting a bit repetitive. But uh, yeah, your woman, what's her name in it? Rachel. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so if if I'd not seen the Jinx Steinsgate, which is uh, that's manga, isn't it? Yeah. That's probably one of the best series I've seen, despite it being uh, an anime series. It's probably one of the best things I've ever seen. Mm. Genuinely. Most of the best things I've ever seen have been actually on DVDs or on TV. Except, uh, recent series. House of Cards is quite good. I mm. haven't seen the third season. You I said it goes I, I, I thought the third season was fucking shite. Mm. Yeah. You often hear of a, someone watching a TV show and you discover it's got subtitles. And that, like, that just do, does it for me. No way. End of story. You won't watch a movie with subtitles. No, would you, I'd say you were a subtitle wanker. Actually. I am a subtitle wanker. <laughs> <laughs> I am as well. I watch that to me is just how do you watch the whole screen when it's subtitles? Like that's not a bad shout. Like there is. I enjoyed. Some sort I enjoyed the, 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 the Nordic noir stuff. Is I enjoyed the Nordic noir. <laughs> You're <laughs> a fucking, fucking toxic. Like, <laughs> that's not what you've ever watched. You just think that's something you fucking Google or something that yeah. is. Impressive things to the say to other parties. I enjoy the Nordic noir. <laughs> no, the bridge. Yeah, that, well, that was deadly. Keep going with the, the Don't ask me no fucking names. That was the last <laughs> one I watched that, had, that I could remember the name. Yeah, yeah. There was another one. <laughs> the one with, with, with the fella. There was the one, the dragon, the thing. Oh, yeah, that was a movie. That was good, though. Uh, yeah, but that there was, it was a Nordic series. There were three of them, to yeah. be fair. Yeah. My pet hate is when um, they, they show a big story at the start, like where you have to read <laughs> loads of shit at the start of a movie. Mm-hmm. Because you're only sitting down getting ready to watch. Oh, hang movie. on. So even those, even that little bit of text on the screen pisses yeah. you off. So sometimes, like, like, uh, sometimes I, I have to rewind back and read it again because I'd be afraid in my life that if I haven't got this fucking perfect now, <laughs> 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 this fi- fucking film is ruined. It's destroyed. I like, I like it. I don't mind it at the end. You know. Like, How do you feel about the Bronx 1848? <laughs> 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 I, I don't like that as well because you know that in in the movie, <laughs> a few minutes later, it's gonna be one of those where I go the Bronx eighteen fifty seven. No, it would be a few years ago before it. You know that shit, like you know where they go back in time, and then you know you're setting the start out for a film <laughs> that's gonna be just jumping from all over the shop, and you're going like a prick. What year are we in? Now? Is this before? <laughs> and I'm looking at the missus going, "Do you know where, what what just happened there a few minutes ago?" And then it's fuck this back onto Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so give me movies to just think shit blowing up and all that <laughs> with no writing yeah, yeah and no words just shit blowing up oh, yeah, Transformers all the, all the diehards bang fucking boom things there's, some, there's subtitles in that though isn't there when they're speaking German especially the first one there you go that fucking shook you I've watched it that many times <laughs> uh, like, you now understand the German, German. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah, just know exactly what they're saying yeah there is yeah yeah Hands on Set the, the stall out. There's something gonna change. <laughs> <laughs> the bastards. <laughs> yeah, there's writing on that. Turn it off. Turn it off. <laughs> Just the name of the. Turn it off. <laughs> 
Right, look, we're done. <laughs> There's literally nothing left to Directed say. Directed by me bollocks. <laughs> right, we finished with some admin and we want to thank Astro Park for hosting our show here every week. Check them out at astropark.ie. I want to give a quick shout to Dave Will who's a very, very good and interesting postcard artist. He's got a lot of really interesting collections. Uh, match day ones, commemorative Istanbul ones, and Gerard ones as well. And you can find his stuff on davewill.bigcartel.com. Um, they all have their own numbered certificates and the likes, so check that out. Uh, the next thing we want to mention is another uh, event. This is the uh, Brendan Devenity, Brendan Devenny charity match and gala dinner. It's on in... Um, Mullingar Athletic Gains 10 and it will be a match between Mullingar All-Stars and Brendan Devenny All-Stars with celebrities it will be people like uh, Paul McGrath Phil Babb Alan Kennedy and Steve Staunton featuring there and you can buy tickets for that event at Greville Arms Reception on 044-934-8563 uh, the next event we want to mention are two five times events. First, for uh, Irish listeners in Galway in the Pucon Bar, you can uh, find out the details about that night with Robbie Fowler on our Twitter feed in the Five Times account. And for American listeners, there's a selection of nights in Toronto, New York, Charlotte, and um, Los Angeles. Um, nights involving, uh, again, Robbie Fowler, but this time with Jason McIntyre and Didi Haman. And again, you can find the information for those nights on our Twitter feed and on the Five Times Twitter feed. Um, we want to mention briefly the Dan Layden competition. Um, Dan's an, an excellent Irish artist and he's promised uh, us a wonderful print um, if you can answer the correct uh, correctly the competition question that we had earlier on. So you need to get onto our YouTube um, and have a look there and you can be in contact with the, the pod Twitter account there as well. Um, we should really be playing some music, Phil, um, in between times here because this is a very, very long... <laughs> Very, very long. You're getting fucking longer now if you don't hurry up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, your day trippers tonight were. That worked well. Uh, Your day trippers tonight were Chris Hewitt, Paul Brennan, Andy Young, Phil Casey, and myself, Trev Downey. Say anything. Like, I'm convinced that, like, no one they didn't even register what anyone was saying yeah, it was just, just laughing so they were say jokes getting about the golf or something and someone would just say ah golf ball ah 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 the three of us like the, the young fellas on the fucking team oh, yeah. we were out having a breakfast ah. that's exactly what it was like he said breakfast there was one guy right uh, there are most of them north side so like you could be forgiven but one of them was uh, one of them was um, it was just amazing like we walked past uh, there, there was like a four ball say right and we walked past another four ball it was just English lads heading off playing a different hall and they just went alright lads you know just as you do and he just went how is lads <laughs> <laughs> and I was like sort of lagging behind so I seen their their reactions they were just looking at each other going what the fuck like, now your man couldn't have looked more or so I'm sure they just talked oh so you have a good job I always wonder what happens to the guy that works in a video store <laughs> fair play to you boy done well <laughs> if he doesn't get off to an absolute fryer of a start the pressure on him is going to be huge. And I'm not talking about from the media. 
there was already you could see there's Mormons already in the fan base there's Mormons there's, there's, there's Mormons as well <laughs> I was not aware of this they bring, they bring their many wives <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm, I don't know why they're against <laughs> Brendan Banyan it good. cost them a fortune to bring their older families to, right, to okay, okay. But <laughs> cri- 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 they're awful critical lads the Mormons yeah. that's well, why they're always murmuring well, yeah, yeah. people's hells harassing <laughs> <laughs> them yeah. this is the word so anyway so you were saying if there's going to be murmurs. there's going to be Mormons in the crowd <laughs> 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 and there'll be more Mormons yeah, in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. The that, last thing we want to see next season, right? <laughs> it's just witnesses in the crowd. No, there's one plane going over one side. And, saying, <laughs> <laughs> and another plane. Gar- Before you know, we let the fucking red arrows <laughs> smoking all spelling yeah, out fuck shit. You, no, and whoever can put up the best, biggest banner, like a fucking blimps and everything. The planes are going to shoot each other down. They'll be like the biggest banners ever yeah. behind planes. Cones coming in on parachutes and all. <laughs> The, the Ian Rogers We Trust banner on, at the weekend was hard to take. Uh, that should have been shot there. That be. <laughs> and I wouldn't have had any sympathy for the fucker flying the or his family. Should have been just shot down and that's it then. No more planes. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens when you fly a plane over after a <laughs> You're shot down. Part of the new main stand. <laughs> Service the air missile. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates. Or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen. Make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sports Social Podcast Network.